Welcome, I'm your host KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you will enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Yeah, so welcome to the Game Dev Tea Time podcast. It's a... Edition of the Game Dev TV podcast, and I'm happy to have you guys on. And if you can introduce yourself a little bit to the fans and to explain what the game is, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so sure. we are a Bit Nine Studio, and uh, we are a small Italian indie dev team. Uh, where our makeup is only of three people. <laughs> wow! And tonight, well, today you will have two of us here. Um, mm-hmm. Me, Andrea Leoni. I'm the story writer for Terror Bain, the game we're going to talk about. And Luca Spazzoli is our lead programmer. So um, you have both the story and the code accounted for. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we started out as a small uh, indie developer that made games for mobiles, maybe, uh, mainly. And um, here we are today presenting Terrabane, which is a very strange game and our most ambitious project to date. Um, it's a game about bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just quickly tell you the, the premise for this game. Um, imagine there's a developer, and it's not us, it's a character inside the game you interact with directly and imagine he just forces you to play this game he's made and uh, he he explains to you that this game he's made is the best game ever made ever and he forces you to play and test it but you quickly discover that this developer is not very good at his job and he's filled his own creation with bugs and glitches and nothing ever works as intended in a very hilarious and comedic way. Wow. I love that idea. I loved, I watched the trailer and I was like, this is genius. Cause it's like taking something you're used to like a JRPG and then just turning it upside down and saying, it's not what you think it is. And then you can use like assets and sprites around the world to, do certain things so i love that so first of all i want to get where did that idea even come from like where who, how did this even happen you guys were just thinking about it? like what if we made a game where you help developer fix the game the very idea yeah. is part as the most interesting stuff in life is part embarrassing and part hilarious uh so mm-hmm. I and, by my, and by mistake too and by mistake, yeah, yeah uh, I let Luca explain exactly what happened. Yeah, basically, uh, as Andrea mentioned before, we started from uh, uh, developing uh, some mobile games. And uh, basically, we didn't have a background in game development. So um, we were just starting using our uh, main engine, that is Unity. And uh, we were learning while doing. So we didn't know exactly how to do things. And many bugs, actual bugs. <laughs> where we wheeled the game with. And then we, we thought, well, since they are so funny and we laugh at, it, at them when they happen, why don't we don't uh, create a game that is based on those as a core gameplay? Mechanic, yeah. Yeah, uh, especially the most important part is that we think bugs have an inherent kind of... Uh, potential for comedy and so uh, as we noticed that those bugs that happened floated around our office space uh, and became memes in our little circle we we kind of understood that something clicked and we said let's make this the the core of our game now i'm curious is this like early on in the process or is this like kind of deep in and you were like wow we really got to switch this around it was very early on. We okay, were. It, it, it was way back when in 2016 when we first prototyped the first Terrabane and it was already based around that concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And now before we continue on with the game, I want to ask you guys, both of you, what was your experience in the when? How did you get started with game dev? What was the moment you were like, I'm going to go make games for the rest of my life? <laughs> Actually, I got dragged inside this life. Um, the... There's a member of our team that is not present today, and he is my brother, Matteo. He's our graphic designer, and he, with Lucas, started uh, Bitnine Studio first. Um, and they started out making games. They had this 
idea of trying out, of putting together their knowledge. Uh, Luca is, a, is an engineer and Matteo is a graphic designer in his other job too, um, his day job. And so they, since we are, we've always been players, uh, avid players, to be honest, um, uh, in our childhood and throughout our, our adulthood too, uh, they kind of wanted to try out this this way. Um, and I got dragged inside when they first uh, came around with the idea for Terrabay because they needed a story, they needed a setting, they needed uh, characters. And that is my speciality. And so it was all kind of in, driven by instinct in some way. Yeah, okay. How about you, Luca? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we basically, as I mentioned, we didn't have a specific background. Uh, mm -hmm. We were just started from from those kind of games that were arcade-ish game, and so uh, we wanted to do something more structured, something that could actually be considered a full game, a commercial one for PC and consoles. And so our our idea started uh, with this concept, and with this, uh, it was our goal after all. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at your program, right? Did you yeah. do programming before you got into games, or was it more just like together? You were like, I want to be a gameplay programmer. Uh, no, I actually uh I, I was finished my studies mm -hmm. uh, back then when, when we started, and I basically st started with uh, with this. Uh we didn't do that full time since 2016. We um mm -hmm. yeah, that is the, the main reason why the development took so long. Because it was not our full full time job uh, back then, and right now with the with the game we just released, we we hope that we we will continue doing so. I hope so too. And then I want to also ask so about the starting the game as you got out of doing your studies. How did you feel about just getting out of school and starting a game? Did you feel confident? Did you feel like you weren't sure and you needed to do a lot of like studying? Like, like how did you feel about your confidence level? And how did you go through that? The first well, I... reaction. Oh, sorry. No, no, uh, no, go on, go on. The first reaction was, uh, I think, having fun, at least for me. Uh, mm. We went to to conventions, showing up our game. We've always been very oriented in our comedy kind of style, so we've always been laughing with the players. It's been fantastic in that in that regard. I don't think any any one of us had the uh, audacity to say we are confident we'll make this uh, be a complete success. We were ready to learn right from the get-go because we had no prior knowledge of what would mean to create a game. And so that's the way we approached everything. Learning is a, an integral part of growing as a, in any job. And we, and we think it was very, very important for Terrabane. Um, it is a game that jumps from gameplay to gameplay. So we certainly had to look to other examples a lot and study other games a lot uh, to make it happen. Awesome. And then what were you going to say, Luca? Yeah, uh, we were driven, as Andrea mentioned, by, by, by passion and we wanted to create something that players had hopefully never played before or, or at least not mm -hmm. in this way. So um, since, since um, as far as we, we know, uh, indie games can uh, propose something different that maybe uh, triple eight uh, titles uh, have not the the possibility to do so uh, if you are an indie game and you want to create something new uh, then you can i think and um, so that that's the the main reason why we started a game such different mm -hmm. from the others from others yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely it's its own thing and i think that's what makes it stand out it makes everybody want to go jump in and get it because i'm just watching some of the stuff before we got on this call and i was like wow that's intriguing and yes all you guys were playing it and it was like there was that one enemy where it was like a bunch of them and then one guy then ran away and you were like why do you run away and i was like this is so much fun so now Dre, i wanted to ask you if when was the moment when you were like, I know how to write for games and not just to write? Because I know people be like, I want to be a writer for games. But it's like, how do you start? How do you go about that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, 
to be completely honest, it, I think I never had the moment where I thought of myself as a writer before mm. coming into a game into yeah. game writing. Uh, I'm the youngest of the team, and so I was right in university when uh, all of this happened. And uh, my background is actually in translation, to be honest. Uh, and English being my my principal concern in in university. And um, but I've always had this passion for creating worlds, or well, it, <laughs> or playing D and D, even mm -hmm. uh, being a game master and all of that, creating characters, worlds, and settings. And they, my my brother and and Luca encouraged me to to try out, and I did, and it all went very very well. And um, so yes, Terrabane is my first experience as a as a writer full-fledged writer, published mm -hmm. writer. And um, again, I did not approach this with the idea of, of being able to, to, for it to be a complete success. I wanted to learn. I wanted to, to do something that I loved because it, it, I truly did find out that I loved it. And um, yeah, hopefully people will enjoy it too. Was it like was it was it hard at first since this is your first game? Were you like, wow, this is not as easy as I thought? Or like, what tips would you give for someone starting out and doing games like you did? It was kind of hard hard to figure out exactly the amount of uh, of writing mm -hmm. a game needs. Um, for example, dialogues in our game need to be very simple, precise, and to the point, but they also need to be funny. So striking the balance on just how many words to put into a sentence and exactly how to make it funny every step of the way was very, very exciting and very difficult to grasp. Mm. Um, I think the, the thing I would like to, to say to other people who want to try the very same thing is uh, be open to critique, be open to listening to the people that are playing your game. Uh, I would go to conventions, have them see my work, have them tell me what was funny and what was not, and uh, then go back and change it. Well, that's good advice, yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to like, taking feedback. Like some people be like, oh, no, it works perfect. Or like, I don't need feedback. I'll just improve on my own. No, like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> it's like, no, no, yeah. I, I need it. No, it's, be, it's been a big part of our development. Up into the the convention and talk to talking to people, uh, let them play the game fi uh, fixed uh, and adjust the the game to their feedbacks. Uh, mm. uh, what they what they consider funny, what they did not, uh, what they were able to play uh, the the puzzles we created if they were understandable or not, um, and mm. also the enthusiasm and the feedbacks uh, of those events uh, kept us going for so long because. Mm. Um, as we mentioned, we, we, we didn't have a background, so we, we kind of adjust our uh, game design according to the feedbacks. No, that's genius. Because then you're getting the feedback from people who are really passionate about the game and being like, hey, maybe you do have a point about this game design feature. Let's tweak it, test it, see what works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when it came to these bugs that started popping up, how did you turn the bugs into like optimized code where it's not really a bug in the programming, but it's a bug in the game? Well, some of them were not actually, um, let's, let's say, code bugs, code-related mm. bugs. Yeah. But maybe just, mm, for example, I can give you an example. Uh, in the first level of the game, we we forgot to add the uh, the colliders to the to some of the NPC you find, and so the main characters that you move around the world uh, hit them and let them spin around and, and, and go away and exit from the, from the map uh, and so on. So uh, th those were not, was not, um, were not uh, actual cold error, but maybe, maybe something in the, in the game engine that we didn't uh, know <laughs> back then. <laughs> and it, was, it was kind of part of a process to yeah. determine, well, to make sure that the bugs we put in the game were not real bugs that they could not break the game so there was discovering maybe some bugs that were real and putting them into the game as a feature but most of them were designed 
from a design board, from a brainstorm. And so uh, it was difficult to communicate to the player. And it was also exciting to find ways to communicate to the player that we're joking, that it's not really a bug, but it's also making fun of buggy games outside of a, uh, and yeah, and in the history of video games. And it was very exciting, very difficult, uh, but, but very exciting. <laughs> and I love the, the comedy. Did you guys all brainstorm the comedy together for the game? Because even the trailer where it starts off the devs, like, this is it, the game's gonna be great. You don't even need to watch this video. Like, did you guys just brainstorm that together? Or was that well, like just you and Andrea? The design of the game is being um, shared. Um, yeah. Every single situation, every single bug, we've designed together. Mm-hmm. All of the dialogue and the personality of the characters I wrote. So in a, in a way, the textual kind of uh, comedy uh, is my own. Uh, but the comedy of the game is a mixture of our three minds together. Mm. Gotcha. You guys are hilarious together. <laughs> you make games. We hope so, at least. <laughs> hope so, at least. And so, look, I was curious when it comes to programming a game, did you ever have moments where you like you had to be the one working on things because if you didn't have the systems built, they couldn't really go in and build the game? How'd you guys revolve around that? Because I know I have someone who's like, they have to build the stuff for them, the artist to go and add the stuff in the game designers to build the levels. Like, how did you guys work through that? Well, well, well sometimes uh, after the game design phases, uh, we we have we had to I had to uh, limit some of the some some of the thoughts and the ideas that we had to to make it feasible mm. for just one person. Yeah, because, probably like so many have, ideas. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and Fancy being being a team been... of being a, a team of just three people. Uh, um, do so that we have one programmer, one that makes the graphics and one way that makes the story. So um, we need to, to focus our uh, resources to create something that is the best we can. But of course, we don't have the, uh, uh, the manpower to do all the, all the things that we, we designed. So I'd like to add that we did do a lot of things that we, that we thought of doing yeah 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 of course. We, we did not limit ourselves that much uh we went the extra mile let's say that we took the time to be able to create something that we really liked of course we had to contend with our limited uh, size i think and but within those constraints we pulled no punches uh hopefully that is reflected in the game and for anybody who wants to work in a game, like a small team like you guys, what advice would you give them? Like, what are some struggles you went through and how did you get over that? Hmm. Never, hmm. I'd say, never underestimate the amount of non-developer work a developer needs to do. Uh, there is a whole other world around just making the game. You need to find a way to market the game. You need to find a way to communicate with your community. You need to find a way to communicate with third parties. For example, find a publisher. Uh, that takes away a lot of time and energy and it requires very specific knowledge. Um, so, and, and it, can, uh, it can mean the difference between life and death in your game, when, even if it's co- very good. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you don't get the business side of the game, then sure, you make a great game. But if nobody knows about it, about nobody it. buys it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Then, yeah. So was there ever moments where you guys were like, had like, let's say dark times or like harsh winters where you were like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work out or we're, we might not be able to make it through this quarter. How can we get through this? And how did you guys push through that? Hmm. Yeah, I believe we, we had some of those uh, during, during the process. Because may, uh, maybe we uh, didn't uh, have the, the capabilities and the expertise to reach so many people. So we didn't have actually uh, many response from, I don't know, the, uh, our social media or the website or people who downloaded the demo, for example, in the early phase of the, of the, the development. And so we, we maybe sometimes we thought, well, maybe this game 
uh, is not so uh, as funny as we as we think if we can't attract so many people. But then we we understood that it was in fact our lack of expertise. Uh, marketing is not our field. We don't have a, a background in marketing, and that's what we what we looked for for more than I, I believe two or three years. Uh, a, a real publisher. We 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 pitched the game uh, every time we could, both in. Uh, in person and also online, especially in the last couple of years, where of course convention were not a thing anymore, and uh, <laughs> we had to do to do it that online. But uh, this also helped us in some ways because we we had the opportunity to to attend to some events uh, we we wouldn't be able to attend physically, and mm -hmm. um, so that that uh, was given us uh, by our publisher in the last uh, year. That is Whisper Games. It's a Chinese publisher that uh, believed in our in our game and that passed. So uh, that marketing was not our concern anymore. Yeah, and we managed to reach our audience finally. That's awesome. Now, so let me guess: is there was there like a lot of publishers you guys went to, and a lot of them oh. said like no, and then you finally found that one. There were so many i cannot count i think <laughs> i i spent three years of just mailing everybody and meeting everybody in a call and explaining the game over and over and it was very very difficult and very painful at times when you would think nobody wants this game until someone finally did believe mm -hmm. in us and yep. it was all for the better uh because the game had something to say and uh and it was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it was the the idea of the game that scared them, but maybe mm, our team itself that never published a game before. So we were unknown, uh, and basically the development was not over yet. Um, maybe we we didn't uh, give them en enough uh, um, e enough uh, opportunities to let them trust us and our work. And so that maybe scared them. Uh, we 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 often been said, uh, uh, yes, the game the 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 game itself it's good, the idea it's great, it is very funny, uh, but then uh, the they didn't uh, propose other idea, so so it, it all stopped yeah. there. It would all stop there, yeah. So how did you guys convince them? Like how did, how did you know? Did you know? I have a feeling we went into the room like these people they want it. I know they do, and you just spoke with your heart or like did they have like tons of questions you're like no like believe in us like convince like how how did the pitch go for that one that made it to be completely honest in the end they found us oh really no way <laughs> yeah, yeah, how did yeah. that happen they we finally went out and published the demo on steam mm. and we're like we're doing it on our own on our own exactly mm -hmm. and then they emailed us because a, a member of their team had played the game and, and, and described it as kamige, which in Japanese means a great game. And this convinced them so completely of the, of the idea that they wanted to sign with us. And, and we, we really thought about it before saying yes. Uh, we, we went around and... and um, discussed the terms of the deal many times. It, it wasn't just easy as as writing us, but in the end, I think it was the best possible outcome ever, and uh, I'm I'm very happy it happened. It, it yeah. did require a lot of effort, however. Yeah, yeah. In initially, we, we were a, bit, a little scared about something, some feature that they wanted to add to the game, uh, since. Uh, we are a small team, as, as we said. So, uh, for example, the game uh, originally didn't have the voiceover, uh, was not translated in so many languages, and uh, didn't have the support for the controller. And uh, there are all features that they wanted to add to the game, but we didn't know back then if we would have been able to do that to do those things. So, yeah, yeah, especially since your first game, mm. yeah, it's like. Oh, I'm programmer. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm that's programmer, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, 
<laughs> Definitely. Yeah, but then you guys, you guys pushed through and were able to make it happen. We did. Uh, we kind of used the trick. Oh, okay. What's <laughs> the, the trick? Voiceover for the game was yeah. the the feature that we uh, were scared the most about because it would require a studio. It would require an external third party mm. again, and we would have to contend with uh, putting up many languages in the game at the same time putting many files over th that would read the lines over those many languages it would have been very difficult to to be able to do this all together and so yeah. i i i remember one night i went to the other guys and i said listen people i i can speak english decently i'll do the voice of the developer and I did, and and it it, it worked. We did it internally. Um, it I am not a native speaker. I think it's reflected in the game. I think it's it's easy to to notice. But people seem to like the voice of the developer, and I've been doing it ever since, even though it was not our original plan, and it worked out. Wow! It's basically, any obstacle you guys got thrown at, you just found a way to like just solve it and then make it add value to the story to the game so like even like your voice you were like maybe because i'm not a native speaker but now it adds to something sort of dev like it's this like confident voice where it's just like oh yeah the game's perfect you don't need to worry about it and it's like i don't know there might be some bugs in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you described it pretty well i think yeah. that actually <laughs> happened yeah <laughs> I love it. And so I want to know how many iterations of this game were like when you had like, this is the idea for the game and then working for those, how many years has it been? Six now? Six yep. years? Yep. Yep. Being like, okay, wow, I can't believe we had this at the beginning and now this is what it turned into. And like, maybe what's your personal experience with this game? And like, how do you guys feel about the release? Hmm. You first, Luca. Mm, well, maybe maybe what I, what I saw very different from differently from 2016 when we started and uh, and the full game that is now released are the the complexity of the bugs we included because the the initial bugs we we thought about were basically um, glitch error um, graphical ones maybe uh, they were very simple and instead uh, going on with the development we we found out that we we had to do something we, we couldn't repeat ourselves so we had to to make the, those very complex uh not uh, de dependent from one another and so yeah i, I think bug complexity is uh, um is much bigger um, in the, the in the part. second part of the game mainly yeah it's kind of a process. I think you nailed it on the head. Uh, it, since we were learning so much during our journey through this game, I think the game also reflects that in a, in a way. You can almost feel us growing as people in, the, in, in our shoes <laughs> as we go through the game. And you, can, you keep on uh, meeting new areas that are bigger and more complex. Um, this is kind of a double-edged sword because mm. we also needed to make sure we kept on, uh, well, we kept up, kept up with our own rules for how bugs should be found and how bugs should behave in the, in the game. And so this complexity, uh, kind of turned into a, a constraint at a certain point, uh, because bugs needed to be uh, exclusive from one another so that you could replay the game and find different things uh, but then the areas were bigger and so there were less uh, bugs um, you would find less bugs uh, in a certain in certain levels and so we had to adjust all of that a lot but we kind of we've kind of grown in our in our role and it was a very a very beautiful journey in some way mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. And I like how you said that the constraint, like the whole creating bugs became a constraint because it's like, yeah, you need it all to make sense too at some point. You can't just throw random bugs. But I guess that's kind of part of it too. Like maybe some bugs can be random because bugs are random. Yeah. But I can see, I can see why yeah. they can get a little difficult. Is there any other constraints you have where you were like, oh no, like this at one point we could do whatever we want, but now as you get 
farther in the game, you're like, wait a minute, we need to make sure this all makes sense. There is one main thing. Uh, our development cycle was long, and uh, I think it's mainly due to the fact that we are a co- we have made a comedy game. And so comedy needs to stay fresh. And to make sure that the uh, comedy would, would stay fresh throughout the experience, we had to jump from gameplay to gameplay and change settings, characters, and things throughout your, your journey through the game. To do that would, uh, would mean not being able to stick to a single concept gameplay-wise and reiterate and make it more complex throughout the game. It would mean basically having a lot of concepts that you need to explain to the player, you need to make sure they work, and you cannot yeah. go deep in any of them. And uh, in, in a way, this makes the game very unique. In another way, it makes it shallower, in a sense. In a, you cannot go deep in any of our mechanic. Uh, that is to keep the comedy fresh and to keep you from guessing what comes next. Uh, but it also comes back at us as, well, this game is never very deep in gameplay. Yeah, we, we basically started from consolidated genres that has strict rules and people know about them, those and they expect something from those. And we wanted to play with the expectation and we, uh, we wanted to create a game that uh, people can recognize, but then we, we broke those rules and we, and we let them see that something really strange happened when you do it. So, so uh, we, we, uh, in the game, there's a platform, there's an interactive fiction, there, there are many games like WarioWare. And uh, so that obviously, uh, make sure that the development was long because we, we had to learn all those things. Mm-hmm. But then I think that mm, we, it also worked out for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also became a strength of the game. Mm-hmm. You guys are good at that, turning in like certain moments that could have been a weakness into a huge strength. I love that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's thank like... You. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah thank you. Well, no, because it's like, I wonder if there's a way you can maybe explain how to do that. I don't know if that's even possible, but how can you turn these moments into strengths? I know there's a book called like obstacles away, like turning these moments into the actual thing that's going to make the game better. But like, how could you maybe internalize that into like, Hey, you're new at making games this moment. Don't give up, turn this into that. And this is how we did it. I don't know if you guys able to answer that or not. It's very, it's, it's very much bottling the thunder Uh, it's not easy to answer this question i i think the best way i i can describe what it was for us is we really wanted to make this game Mm. and we made it we did not make it following our wildest desires we had a plan we wanted to stick to something that would be enjoyable for other people not only for us but we made only those compromises that were that were uh, tied to our resources to our possibilities not compromises with what we wanted the game to be uh, it, it's probably the best way i can describe it yeah that's good i didn't think it would be a very definite answer but just want to know your thoughts and then also that makes me want to ask about the how did you guys plan out this game because like you said you didn't start it as your full-time job so was it just like hey guys we'll work on it whenever we have free time and then mm-hmm. when did it become like no guys we need to do this like full-time like we need to leave our jobs uh i think it never actually became our our profession yet gotcha. um, this is more just like a fun hobby see what happens maybe we'll Kind of a, of a middle ground. Ah, okay. uh, we what? work. We've been working on Sundays and Saturdays since 2017, I think, um, because we we believe so much in the fact that we can make this a job, a full job. Um, but as I as we've described a bit before, it was a very long journey just to find 
a publisher that would help us reach our audience, then the audience would need to play the game and tell us what they feel about the game. And only then will we be able to conquer the, the, the obstacle of finally becoming a, a video game studio for real. Mm -hmm. uh, we, would ha we had to sustain <clears throat> this th through a lot, lot of time. And uh, we did so by um, having those ways, like a, a full-time job and then going home and working again. And, and all those sacrifices that need to be made, especially if you're unknown like us. Um, we were driven by the reaction of the people. We were driven by our idea uh, of doing something that was funny and good and, and made people feel fun. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. fun. And uh, this propelled us to where we are. Uh, it was all very progressive. Mm -hmm. Well, from, from my point of view, it, it all started to get serious when we, we signed with our publisher last year. And we started to have something that we didn't have before, like milestone timelines and those mm -hmm. things that... Yeah, yeah, this is serious. Yeah, yeah it, it became much more structured and that what we, we, we were looking for and we needed because, uh, uh, of course, when you have uh, timelines, when you have to do something within a time limit uh, you need to get things done and you you need to to do it uh, in time so uh, that is the time i realized that it was more it was closer to a job a real, a, a real profession than before mm -hmm. and now for the other developer was he more focused on art your brother yeah the music gotcha okay so when did you guys finalize the art style like, because this, this art sounds out of this world. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'll be sure to tell Matteo because. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I also think he's very, is, is very good with design. Um, yes. Of course, it's fun. not for me to say, it's for players to say, but yeah, I, yeah. I still think. Um, the art style is like many other things in the game, very personal. Uh, we did choose. Uh, Final Fantasy as our main, um, how do you call it? Our main reference uh, for the style. And, and we chose JRPG as the main genre we would spoof the hell out of. Um, partially because we're very long time fa fans of the series, mm -hmm. but also because it, it is kind of what in the mind of everyone is the first project any developer would make uh, an, an rpg maker rpg game the very first thing a fledgling developer would would try out and so we kind of did this consciously at the start uh, we said this is the first project of a of a fictional developer it needs to look like a fictional like like a jrpg um, that was our idea back then I see that there's a presentation you guys might have done in 2016 or now that's an interesting thing I want to touch on. So what's it like preparing for something like that? And how did you go into that? Like, did you have any anxiety or is it just like, I'm just going to present my game. And if you guys like it, you like it. Like, cause I know some people get afraid of that. So like, how'd you go from, I'm going to sit at home making this game to I'm going to share it now to the world. And how did you do with those struggles? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, talking right now but it, it kind of passed through me uh, instead of the other two because I was the main uh, mm. spokesperson for the for the team uh, especially in English contests contexts and um, I think I yeah we went through a lot of of stress of anxiety presenting things in public is always difficult yeah uh, but it, we we pushed through them. Um, I think we found out that the more we did them, the more we learned, the more we kept on growing. And at a certain point, it became so natural to present the game that I now don't have to prepare for it. I just, it rolls out of my tongue. Uh, nobody yeah. knows your game best than you. So you're the best 
person to present it. You just need to go there, do it a lot of times, and then it becomes natural. Mm-hmm. You made yeah. a good point. Yeah, luckily, it all started. Uh, we, we proceeded in small steps. So we, we started to present the game in very small event uh, here um, where, next to where we live. So, uh, and, and then we started to, to do uh, much uh, bigger convention and uh, presentation. And so it was a natural process, I would say, something that kept growing with us. Mm. And uh, at the beginning, it was not really, really easy, but then it started to, to be much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I see that the game is on Switch and like Steam and PC. So did you guys optimize for it to be on PC first and then Switch or because when the publisher came in or was it always like, I want this on all consoles, but right now we're only doing PC? It, uh, it actually started as a PC project mm-hmm. uh, because in 2016, uh, Nintendo Switch was not even a thing <laughs> yet. But we, we were given access to the Nintendo Switch er, uh, very early in uh, the, the following year, in 2017. Uh, here in Italy, we went to a convention, we talked to Nintendo, and they, they gave us access. So uh, from that moment, uh, it became uh, the most uh, important platform for us. And we, it was a dream <laughs> that was becoming true to publish a game for, for Nintendo. So. Um, so yeah, uh, it started from for a uh, for PC, but then we we moved uh, to Switch. Another contributing factor to our uh, <laughs> constant reassurance of the game. We, but also a point where we had to to put aside our fear of presenting the game in front of a very serious uh, relationship yeah. relation. Uh, spokesperson for Nintendo and mm-hmm. we presented the game we we gulped down our own insecurities presented the game managed to get this great opportunity and it was very important for us so I'm, I'm guessing that all those presentations before led up and practice to get to where you needed to be when you Nintendo guy was like hey come in and explain the game you're like I've done this before let's do it again exactly isn't that crazy yeah, yeah works? I believe so yeah <laughs> Oh, life. Life works mysterious ways. Hey, <laughs> but it works out for you guys. And that's that's just, I guess this is what happens when you put yourself out there, when you practice, and eventually those skills that you learned will need will be needed later on. And if you didn't put yourself out there, you wouldn't have been ready. So it's like, just, I guess, always go out there and do it, even if you're afraid. Put yourself yeah. out there. Because actually, yeah, yeah, how yeah. did that even, like, stumble upon that uh, the switch? Did you guys reach out? Did they reach out to you? How did how did that go? Oh, they were uh, present at the event. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. In Milan, we've got a, a huge uh, conference uh, for Italy. Hmm. It's very regional, but all the big third parties, Sony, Epic, and Nintendo, and Microsoft, all are there, and they receive um, our pitch studios and then from Italy. And they pit, uh, they receive pitches for projects and try to find out collaborations. And one of those pitches was ours, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. Did you know that day that you were going to do that pitch, or it was like, oh, they're here, let's do it? <laughs> or was it like a, a plan? <laughs> no, we, we actually we actually knew it because we 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 had the opportunity to send the pitch before the event to mm-hmm. those, and then we we were booked um, uh, an appointment with them. We did not believe any one of them would pick us, and most of them did not, but Nintendo did. And uh, as we were attending the event, then came the message that we would be received. And wow, we, yeah, we yeah, yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe that all started from the art style of the game that uh, they thought uh, it was very good for their platform, maybe. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox uh, try uh, want something more realistic, more more uh, up to date, let's say, as a graphic mm-hmm. um, design. But uh, Nintendo was perfect for us, and uh, and they wanted it on Switch. <laughs> You're like, let's do it. I'm curious, what do you guys think? What's the best gaming experience a PC or on a Switch, or are they both the same? Yeah. Gaming is gaming. I love it all. Uh, I think one of the some of the best games I've played are on both platforms. 
Zelda, uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, the new Mario. Uh, they are some of my favorite games ever. And I have a deep respect for Nintendo. I always had it. But I'm in, re in reality, I'm a very uh, convinced PC Master Race player. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know all yeah. the <laughs> I have all my lights. All the uh, RGB yeah. lights, same. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Get the RGB keyboard too. Why not have everything RGB? Mm -hmm. No, but okay. I like that. Because it's just like, I like the Switch where you can, you know, go anywhere with it. But then you got the PC where it's like, but it does everything better. So, <laughs> what do I want? Yeah, faster it's, it's spoiled for choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I never was much for wars in uh, in consoles or or other things like that. Games are games; they're always good, and mm -hmm. and I just enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, the console war thing is. I get the competition part, but when people are like, "No, Xbox is always better," and PlayStation's, I'm like, they're just con they're all working together. They all do the same thing, really. Like, you don't need to hate someone for liking PlayStation because that's that's when it gets crazy when people are divided yeah. like that. I'm like, yeah. okay, calm down a little yeah. bit. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, do you, I see there was a lot of Easter eggs maybe in the game. Like, how did you guys implement that? And I heard it was like some games from like back then, like other old epic games. So what was the process in bringing these Easter eggs? And what was that like? Was it like, let's bring all these favorite games we had back then and like try to put them in these games? Hmm. It was kind of instinct there. Uh, we had a, as I've said, we're very avid players players we have a knowledge of that resulted in a childhood spent playing games and recommending them to each other and uh, we've played a lot i especially am the most <laughs> culpable here i have a huge um, amount of games i've played a lot and i think all of those references are somewhere in our minds uh, planted there waiting and we tr every each of them trickled into the game in some way uh it was very chaotic the way we planted those um uh, references in in the game it was not it wasn't even the main goal of the game to have a lot of references it just was i think the idea of creating that nostalgia for the game to find in, in Terrorbane, um, that you can play it and say, oh, I know what you did there. Oh, I know that you have, I know that you know. And so there is a connection that is created by finding these references. Uh, they're all taken from our past, our present, um, at very random. Yeah, nice. yeah. We, we also stayed uh, up to date uh, with the titles <laughs> that were released during the, the development. Uh, we added uh, something, some reference to Fortnite, for example, to uh, Among Us. No way. Of course, yeah. Oh, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> yeah. go find them. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, didn't, we didn't want the game to be un understood only from, by nostalgic players or, or let's say, older players, <laughs> nah. but, but also from the, the, the new ones, the new players. <laughs> I, I'm curious to know what the Among Us and the Fortnite Easter egg are. There's an entire <laughs> bug dedicated. Well, we, we can give you an hint if you want. <laughs> um, no, I'll keep nah, it a secret. That way I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like secrets. Okay. I also like the meme you guys made where it says there's no bugs in Tarot Bane. And it's the Julie from where I think it's not Julie. Um, the lady from Boston saying Avatar. And I was, it's funny you guys keep putting 100% bug free. Like, tricking everybody and then they open the game like wait a minute wait. <laughs> they said it yeah. was bug free <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so the game got released wasn't it a couple week ago a couple days ago uh it yeah. was released on the first of april awesome yeah so five how's days it, ago how's it yeah. been how's it feel to release the final full it's game switch a PC. lot of work <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. more work than before what, <laughs> what <laughs> interviews you said. <laughs> oh, um, it was kind of scary for, yeah. for a lot of it. it i enjoyed it but it was also scary in the fact that we were being judged and Ooh, yeah. this game is very personal so we put a lot of ourselves in it. And when people give you those very bad reviews, it hurts. 
but it's part of the game. It's part yeah. of what it means to be a developer. Uh, I think, I think you should. It's important to look at all those reviews that are genu genuinely touched and moved by the game. Uh, it's important to make games because it's important to make games, not because of the reviews or the sales or anything else. That is our general view, of course. We also want to live off of this job, yeah. so we do care for, for how they go commercially, but deep down, we make games because we love doing it. And that's the most important part for us. As long as we are making something that communicates something that is well-made technically, uh, it is a work of art. It is our work of art. It is our adding to the tapestry. And so I think that's the most important thing. Looks like you guys got like a 93% positive. Positive, yeah. Yeah, there's only like maybe yeah, yeah. four. Uh, Andrea, Andrea is mainly focused on the bad reviews, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> they are just, uh, <laughs> I believe, five. They're five. Or, there's yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three are in Chinese or Japanese, and then two or yeah. English. We, we, we give a, a big value to, to the player feedback. We have a Discord channel where we answer to those and uh, all the issues that they found. Uh, we we try to, to, to stay with them and to help them. Uh, mm -hmm. But one, one thing we noticed that they, they already started to help each other. Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe the, there's some, someone that comes and say, I can find this bug. Can you, can you help me? And we don't actually need to, to help them because they, they were already They're helping each other. Yeah. Else. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's great. I think that's one of the best things I, I saw in this, in this day. Mm -hmm. There were hard days. We were, as Andrea mentioned, a bit scared. And also we have the, the publisher with their feedback, the, the marketing agency with their, oh, with yes, their feedback. And uh, yeah, yeah, something that they, they need us to do. Uh, we also already released uh, three patches <laughs> for oh, the what, game. Three yeah, patches yeah. already? Yeah, yeah. Oh, two, well, for, two for PC and one for Switch. Uh, of course, they, they are minor things. They are translation little errors or something like that it's not not uh, much of a deal but uh, of course the, the work was hard we yeah it, we, we spent working of course the last weekend but i think that it's it's all uh, rewarding very mm. rewarding yeah and also just shows that like we always hang on to the negative but like there's 77 people who love it and it's probably the ratio is always going to be higher that people like it more than they don't and even for the, some of the bad reviews it's like it just didn't, it didn't vibe with them. You know, some people don't have the same humor. seems like it's just this one person didn't find it funny. And the other one was like, and didn't even put them in the hours of the game. It's like, okay, maybe you didn't like this part and this part of the first, like, 40 minutes. But, like, there's so much time <laughs> to put <laughs> into the game. Like, you could have. But, you know, it is what it is. I, it you is know. what it is. Yeah. Uh, I, it's part of the deal. I, you can't yeah. have the entire human spectrum like your game. Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, it's 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 still painful when someone tells you I, I just don't find you I find your voice irritating. That is terrible to hear, but it's normal, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely normal and and you need to prepare yourself for that when you approach this job because it's it's part of the job. It's mm -hmm. really much part of the job. Yeah. And so just for anybody who's going to make their game and release it, how do you deal with that? Do you just like ignore it? Do you take it into consideration or you just say it's part of the job? Hmm. Not, not an easy uh, answer. I'd say if you are, if you think you've done a great job and you are uh, technically sure that your game is stable, your game is well done, you listen to the feedback, to the critique, and you take it as at face value for what it is because you need that information. You need to know where you were, went wrong, where, where your design was not the best for the future. But you need to think about the future, not, not it as something that should uh, uh, keep you anchored to the present. Um, you did something that some, some people did not enjoy. Next time you'll do better. And... And you, you should prepare yourself mentally before releasing. 
because there are going to be things that you did wrong. It's simply, it's simply impossible to do a perfect game, even when it's perfect, even, uh, even the best game I think in the world uh, would make some mistake. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true. I think it's pretty much impossible to make a perfect game. Which, like everyone will be like, that was the best. Like even if let's say Witcher Three, people are like, oh my god, Witcher Three's best game ever. And then you go down a rabbit hole and you'll find people be like, it's the worst game ever. This character sucks. Story sucks. This, and you're like, okay, so for some people it's the best game ever, and for some people it's the worst game ever. So like, you can never win. So it's basically just <laughs> build the game that you can yeah, yeah. once, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Winning's not the game, I think. Uh, you're here to, to make games because making games is good. No, of, <laughs> That's of, course, of course, we want to listen to especially bad reviews and to bad feedbacks because we can learn from them. Uh, mm. But I, th I think that some of them are constructive, something that can help us uh, getting the, the, the game better. Some of them are not, of course, uh, are just maybe complaints yeah. or something like that, that we can do anything about them. So yeah, it's a balance, I think. It's a balance. Yeah. And then what do you see the future of um, Terrabane? You see there's going to be a sequel, there's a new game coming out for you guys, you're just going to be chilling for the next, like what's the vision for you guys next move? I, I think it's all very much up in the airs right now. It depends a lot on our publisher for Terrabane specifically. Mm -hmm. It depends a lot on our energies. Uh, and yeah, what happens years. in the next few weeks, mm -hmm. I'd say. Um, it's still a bit early to, to be able to, to have a, a good idea of what will happen next. Um, our hope is to continue doing Terrabane, at least for a bit. Um, support this game. Maybe even think about a sequel. It depends on, on the complete reception of the game. Or maybe we'll do something completely different and uh, hopefully our reputation will help us just go in another direction. Yeah, this is the beginning of a great journey. <laughs> That's so, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now yeah. we're getting near the end of the podcast. So I'd like to ask about uh, if you guys can come up with a question. I'm not a question, a challenge for the listeners. So if you I would like to have two, actually, if you guys can each come up with one just to give the listeners to do after this podcast, maybe one program, one story wise. But yeah, you guys can take as much time as you need to think of a quick, short uh, challenge. Hmm. Hmm. I'd, I'd like to be a little selfish and okay. say something uh, to the players uh, as players. Am I allowed that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. In the worst, if your I challenge think... is to go play our game, then yeah, it's a good challenge. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that selfish. <laughs> um, I think uh, the most, the thing I want the most from players at the moment, and maybe even people at the moment, is something like this. It's very right to speak about a lot of things passionately. It's very right to uh, even talk about something you don't know anything about and tell your opinion convincedly. Uh, just take a look that you don't go to the other side and kill it. Mm. Uh, I've noticed that people don't make, take a lot of responsibility in their bashing, for example. And I'm not, I'm not talking about Terrabane. Terrabane has a good reputation. Uh, but I've seen many things around me. Uh, and as a creator, I, I bleed when I see something die from an opinion, <laughs> which is the most flexible yeah. and less uh, concrete thing we can come up with, I think, as humans. Um, opinions are very good and should be shared, but they shouldn't be taken that seriously that you kill something off. Uh, you lose something with that. I agree 100%. And Luca, what about you? You got a little challenge? Uh, you want a challenge? <laughs> well, maybe maybe I could invite the players uh, to find something about us in the game. That Ooh, is actually, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they should be able to, uh, to do so. That's a, a section that they can find. 
where they can find something about us, ourselves, me, Matteo, Our and Andrea, yes. and uh, <laughs> go look for that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm going to do that challenge. I'm going to go okay. play it and find okay. you guys. Let, let hey. us know if you find it. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, guys, those amazing challenges. I um, appreciate you guys coming on and explaining the game and talking about your personal experiences. Um, I'd like to end it off. I just handed the mic to you guys. doing last minute shout outs, quotes, tips, however you want to end it off. And uh, thanks again for coming on. And the mic's all yours, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yeah. For having us. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out just on the on exit to our beautiful community of developers here in Italy, uh, to Svilupparti, which is a, um, an association of developers here in our territory, and to IDEA, which is our national kind of, um, of community, and thank them a lot for everything they did for us. Yeah. And I wanted to thank you, to, to, to thank uh, Whisper Games, of course, our publisher that made all of that possible because without them much less uh, many more or less people <laughs> would know the game yeah. mm. and that's it and so, thanks and a lot it. for having us thanks a yeah. lot for having us thank you very much